This works better when it's on. Apologize. Uh, good to good to see you here this morning. I was uh, really glad to hear from those who went out this summer on the missions trip. What what the Lord does is you begin to follow Him. If you're on your you're just checking things out, trying to figure out what it means to follow Christ, He He peels you inside out and He He helps you learn to extend yourself to focus on. People and their needs around you actually in the world. It's pretty exciting. You get involved in things that are going on across the world. If you, if you take the initiative to do so, you can have a part in serving people. Even, even right here, our congregation, little, kind of a small, maybe a medium sized congregation, just trying to, to serve God here, do things. But we, we have a part through the summer things and then different things that are going on. We have the opportunity to be involved in this. This worldwide mission that the Lord has given us. Just yesterday, I, in the afternoon, I talked to, um, Josh Delarosa, who's out in Orangecrest starting, uh, congregation there. He just left a couple weeks ago. Most of us know that, but he went to the Riverside area, Orangecrest area of Riverside to start a church. And they're having a, a, a small service today. And he was telling me he's surprised, but it looks like there are going to be a couple of guests at the service. And so he was asking me to pray. So uh, hopefully that that's wrapping up now. Hopefully we'll get word sometime here as to whether or not the guests showed up. But the launch team's already begun to connect. And uh, there's a, a single mom from the Lambers apartment complex that were they connected with that they invited that could come to the first little impromptu service that they're going to have. And then there's another couple that's struggling through some things, same thing. So we, as a congregation here, were able to be involved in that. Last night, I talked to uh, one of our members who's serving, Randy and Crystal Paul. They're serving in Central Asia. Talked to him about what's going on there. And he was asking uh, uh, me what they could pray for, and I asked him what we could pray for for them. And he he asked us to, or he asked me to pray that he could, he's got a year, they're going to take a, a year uh, stateside assignment uh, beginning next July, and he was asking if I could pray that he could connect with guys in his neighborhood there and um, so that he could get to know them and begin to help them come to to know Christ and, and meet them. So, we, we've got stuff going on all over the place. I'd like to just stop and pray. Um, we've had people out all over the place over the summer, and I'd like to pray for the people that they connected with and pray for Randy and Crystal, pray for Josh and Erica and what they're doing. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we come before you, and we thank you for the privilege of just being right here and for worshiping you, honoring you, being together like this. We thank you for the freedom to do this and for the price that you paid to make this possible. And, Father, I, I want to pray, God, for all of those who went out over the summer. We thank you for their service and those that they connected with that did not know you. I pray that you would help them to get the right picture of who you are and that, that Lord, you'd work in their hearts to convince them of the truth and Convict them of their need to turn around from going their own way to follow you, Lord. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you'd work in the hearts and lives of the people that were uh, 
connected with this summer. I pray also for Randy and Crystal. pray that Randy really would be able to meet some guys in his neighborhood there that he could connect with and help them come to know your love and your grace that really changes us from the inside out. Father, I I ask for strength for he and Crystal, protection for he and Crystal and, and the boys, and that you'd watch over them for Crystal and her health. I pray that you'd help her to recover completely from the surgery she just had and that you'd really bring your blessing on their lives. Father, I also pray for Josh and Erica and the team that's there in Orange Crest as they're connecting with people, that you yourself, you, you already have been working to get the congregation together. You're bringing it together. We just can't see it yet. And I pray that you'd help them, Father, to connect with those that you've been working in their hearts and help them, Lord, to uh, meet people who need you and that you would already be turning them around to follow you, God, as well. We ask for your help in all these things. Thank you for the privilege of being involved in them. And we pray your blessing on all the efforts to accomplish your purpose in this, in this world, Lord. We ask your blessing on it. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. From the outset, as a congregation, we've, we've been looking at these emphases that shape our style. From the outset, we've, we've tried to have a wide-angle lens. We've tried to see things beyond our own little group and support people and ministries and churches that are doing things outside of us. Uh, we want to help like-hearted churches and ministries uh, support them as much as we can. And the reason is, as you dig into Scripture, you find out that Jesus leads his followers to look at the world through a wide-angle lens. This, this is how he leads us. If you're wondering what Jesus is going to do, he's going to, if you commit your life to him, he's going to peel you inside out and get you to extend yourself beyond your own little world. At the most basic level, a church is a f- group of followers of Christ, and those, those who band together, we, we band together in a church like this to try to become more like him and to do what he's commissioned us to do. That's, that's what we're trying to accomplish here. We're, we're trying to do what he's asked us to do. And what you find out as you get into Scripture, you look into Luke 19.10, It's not in your listening guide. There's a listening guide, but I'm off the page momentarily here. But in Luke 19.10, Jesus said that I've come to seek and to save what's been lost. The Bible says that that the world, us people who are born into this world, that every one of us has been going our own way. We haven't been going God's way. We've decided to go our own way and walk away from him living life independent of him. That's what the Bible calls sin. What that's done is it's cut us off from knowing God personally. We're lost to God. That's what it means to say that we're lost. And so Jesus came to save the entire world. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's why Jesus came. It's interesting that he came for the world because God made the world. He loves everybody on the face of the earth equally the same. He plays no favorites. He loves everyone. And since he made us and since we've walked away from him, 
he came up with a plan through Christ to pay the price so that we could come back into a relationship with him. But the interesting thing is, Jesus, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the earth. He came to the earth and he spent most of his time with a group of 12 guys. And he spoke to the crowds. He ministered to the crowds. He served them. He tried to meet their needs. But his plan was to get to the world through these 12 guys. That's, that's what he was trying to do. He wanted these guys to get a picture of who God is, God's love, and how to share that love with other people. That's what he was hoping to, to help these guys get a picture of. So basically, they just did everything with him for three years. Watched him relate to people, meet people's needs, uh, and, and they, they began to learn what God is all about what's on his heart, what's important to him. And he made it clear to these 12 guys that love is a core characteristic of, one, of being a follower of Christ. It's one of the things that God really loves us. And I, I don't know what you've heard about God or what you've thought about God prior to that, but he is a very gracious God. He, he wants us to know him. He wants the entire world to come to know him. And as you get to know him and relate to him and learn how to love him and love the people around you, there is real goodness in that. Life gets good when you connect with God. The reason people went out this summer, the reason Randy and Crystal are halfway across the world, the reason we're trying to extend ourselves into Orange Crest is because as you get in touch with the Lord Jesus Christ, things begin to change radically. There is a radical difference in a life that experiences the love of God. You see the value in yourself. And there's, there's a, just, I don't know how to describe it other than just say that, that God gives you a sense of your value and he begins to use you to bless the people around you as you set out to follow him. So anyway, Lord, love is a core characteristic. Jesus is trying to get it across to these guys. John 13, 34 and 35 says this. says, a new command I give you. He's talking to the 12 disciples at this time. <clears throat> love one another. As I have loved you, so you must also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So this is going to be a key characteristic. This is how he wants us to be recognized, that we love each other. Robert Coleman wrote a book <clears throat> about Jesus' way of getting to the world, his plan for reaching out to people all over the world. And he said this, Love is always giving itself away. When it is self-contained, it is not love. That, that, is, that is a great statement about God's kind of love. Because what do we want to do with love? We want to put it in a little container and keep some for ourselves, just in case we need it later. <laughs> you know, we've got our container here. We've got God's love. God's loved us. <clears throat> and we're carrying it around and we're saving some just in case. But what God does is he wants you to spill it out. He wants you to lay down your life and spill out that love for the people around you. 
It's very easy to view our lives with a narrow lens, a narrow focus, where we, we've got our concerns, we've got stuff going on in our lives, and we're afraid to look away from our own concerns. We're afraid to take our mind off the things that are bothering us or concerning us, because if we're not looking out for them, who's going to pay attention to them? And then what Jesus does is he comes along and he says, this is the way to life. If you want to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you give your life away, that's where you find it. And I tell you what, it's an adventure to follow him. Because you try things that you never thought you, should, you, you would try. You end up going across the world on a trip to try to serve people, to share this love with them that God has shown you. And it's exciting to see what God does in and through your life as you head out across the world. So, yeah, are you afraid to look from your, away from your own concerns? Yeah, it's going to make you nervous, but that's where faith comes in. As you look away from your own concerns, you have to trust God to come through. When we get concerned, you know, we, we, it's easy to get consumed with your own little world, your own little struggles, and our hearts pull toward keeping everything together, keeping this stuff together just for me. And boy, forget about the rest of the world. But Jesus showed us that, that love extends itself beyond your own little world. His love is also practical. It's another thing you pick up. As you just see what he did, he stepped into this world to meet our need. We needed somebody to pay the price for our sin, and so he paid the price. He lived his life, perfect life. He died the death he did so that we could have life. He was looking out for our interests in doing that. Philippians 2, 3 and 5 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to explain how he looked out for our interest by dying on the cross. That's what Jesus did. And I'll be honest with you. When you decide to follow Christ, life gets more complicated. Because you have your concerns and your needs and you're used to paying attention to those. But now God begins to expand your heart and you start seeing needs of people around you that he wants you to to meet. And you have a choice. You get up, and you go to work. You've got your day planned out. You've got a busy schedule. You've got a lot to do. And you've got you've got every minute of the day planned. You're going to get there. You're going to get after it and get this stuff done. What happens? A coworker needs some help. Oh, no. Now I've got to decide, am I going to serve them and their interests? Or am I going to just charge ahead with my program here? See, love makes room for both. You look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You get home, you're tired, and you're, you're worn out. You just need a break. You want to just veg and watch some TV. Your roommate comes in. And they need something. Oh. See, life gets complicated because love would get off the couch and help them and serve them. And we think that life is on the couch. <laughs> it's really not. See, Jesus said life comes as you give your life, yourself away, as you serve the needs of people. I found this to be true. Well, he gets really old on the couch. 
It really does. You know, you've got a family trip to Disneyland planned. You think, man, we've been really busy lately. Let's just pull some time aside, go to Disneyland together as a family. The night before the trip, you find out one of the kids has a project in school they need help with. Do I make them pay or do I serve their needs? What do I do? Jesus wanted his guys to get a picture of what it really means to love. And that's what it means. It means taking care of your responsibilities, looking out for your interests, but extending yourself to meet the needs of other people as well. This is what God leads you to do. He also, you find out, as Jesus related to his 12 guys and the group that began to follow him beyond the 12, that he has a heart for the entire world. It's what we've been talking about. Um, Matthew 28, 19, and 20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Make disciples of all nations. Look, look at Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's Diamond Bar, the L.A. area, Judea, Samaria, California, and the ends of the earth. We've got stuff going on all over, you know, Riverside's in our Judea and Samaria, kind of. You know, we, we've got our responsibility here, we've got stuff going on in Judea and Samaria, um, and to the ends of the earth. So you see, God looks at us, every one of us, he looks at these 12 guys that he was working with, that Jesus was working with, and he looks at us with a wide-angle lens. We, our hearts, we keep wanting to narrow things down, but he keeps wanting to open us up to see the bigger picture. When you see the bigger picture, you have the opportunity then to get involved in something that's much larger than yourself, that God wants to do in you and through you. God sees the world through everyone that that chooses to follow him. In fact, he wants to peel us inside out to begin to make a difference. So, We've been looking in this message series at six emphases, six, (laughs) I'll use both hands, Um, six emphases that have shaped our style as a congregation over over the years. Um, we, We set these out, we set out to do these things when we started, and they've continued to be a key emphases in church life all along. Growing members to be like Christ, as you find, the more and more you become like Christ, the more better it is in every area of your life. Um, so we, we set out, since that's what God wants, he wants us to become like him, we set out to help the crew grow to be like him. We want to introduce adults to Christ. We want people to come to know him that haven't known him. We want the members to minister. That's what scripture says. Members are the servants. We're the ministers. And the staff are equippers as they or act like player coaches. They, they minister and coach as well. And then we set out to change when needed to accomplish biblical results, not just stay the same, but try to adapt and change as we move along. The, the last two emphasis that we're looking at today are number five, smaller rather than larger groups being where the majority of church life is carried on. Jesus focused on 12 guys. He had a small group. How is he going to impart his love and truth to a large group of people? It's impossible. 
you need you need if you're going to get out of outside of vague generalities, you need a small group of people that you can focus on. Most of the ministry of our church here happens in smaller groups because it's the only way to get beyond generalities and deal with specifics and following Christ. Small groups are, are where this happens. So we break down into small groups. The needs of a group of 300 are overwhelming. Now, how are we going to organize in one big blob to meet the needs of the people? How are we going to organize to team up, to pray and to share Christ with people around? It's really impractical. So we break down into smaller groups to do that. It also helps for growing to be in a smaller group. Man, I, the group of guys I run with, they really help me because I'm going through struggles. They're there to support me, to pray with me. As I say things that really are off, they scrunch their face up. <laughs> and I go, you know, I don't think that was very good. I wonder why they did that. And they act like mirrors to me that really help me grow in Christ likeness. There's an opportunity in, in a group, in a smaller group, to grow that you don't have in the large group. And so... Most of what goes on, this is a very public part of Church in the Valley, most of it goes on in smaller groups. What's what's happening there? The last emphasis is the world mission of the whole church. It's what we've been looking at a lot today. Not just focusing on our little group and our growth. We want to have a part in what God's doing across the world. It's important not only individually to look out for your own interests, But also, as a congregation, it's important for us to keep looking out for the interests of others and try to meet their needs as well. Early on, uh, we we had set out, Cindy and I moved here in 1987, and we had set out to make this emphasis a part of the congregation. And we got here in August of 1987, and we found out that Neil and Melinda Walker were going to be moving here in, I think it was a couple months later, January of 88, I think. And... We heard that they needed support. We were raising support at the time. We didn't quite have enough money to live on. We had $950 coming in a month, and rent was $750. And so beyond that, we just wrote letters and asked people to support us. If they believed you know, God wanted them to support us, then they supported us, and so that made it an exciting time. And Neil and Melinda were coming out on a, and in, you know, totally on faith, just raising money. I think they had some support from the association, but beyond that, they needed more as well. So they were asking people to support them. So Cindy and I felt like God wanted us to do that. So I think it was 25 bucks a month that Cindy and I started supporting them. And we didn't know them. They started getting the checks from us. They didn't have any clue who we were. And we, we only knew where they were from. We knew that they were from a like-hearted ministry, and so we wanted to support them and what they were going to do at, at University of Southern California. So we got, we finally met them. We'd been supporting them, and we met them at a conference that we had to go to because we were both being supported partially by the denomination. And so we went to this conference and decided after the 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 meeting one night to hopefully it was after the meeting was it after the meeting or during the meeting (laughs) okay sorry public confession right here i I can't remember i've got to be honest but um, anyway we decided to go to the dollar movie and um we we really hit it off almost immediately we could we could sense we're like-hearted we have the same vision same goals 
They're doing it on campus. We're doing it here in Diamond Bar. And so, you know, we're wanting to get to know each other. That, and so we, we went out. I, we decided we'd go to the dollar movie because that was probably in our budget at the time. So we didn't have any cash. I drove to the, we drove by an ATM. I said, hey, just a second. I'll run up here and get some cash. Went to the ATM. Uh, no funds available for this. 20 bucks. No funds available for this transaction. Neil said, hey, no problem. I got it. Went up, put his ATM card in. No funds available for this, for this transaction. <laughs> and so we turned around, looked down, there was a $10 bill on the ground. Enough for four tickets to the dollar movie, a Coke and a popcorn that we could share. <laughs> Pass the Coke around. <clears throat> anyway, got to know Neil and Melinda. They were plugged in somewhere else. Uh, to another church at the time, but over the next couple of years, God led them to plug in here. <clears throat> I had no idea when I wrote that first check the impact that that would have on our congregation. Because we are who we are. <clears throat> Because God's decided to help to lead them to plug in, and many of the students and alumni make up this congregation. There, there are there are things that, as you set out, you can't see what's going to happen. <laughs> you can't see what God's going to do, but you just do it. You look to the interests of others, and Jesus said it best: "Give, and it will be given to you. Press down, shaken together." running over, poured out into your lap. For the measure that you use will be the measure that you receive. <clears throat> we've, from the outset, we've tried to extend ourselves as a congregation beyond just what's going on here. And <clears throat> it's kind of a unique situation because we've seen direct benefit from the ministry at SC. You know, my goal has been to support, to help them do what they're doing there. And we have been blessed because we've decided to extend ourselves as a congregation to try to support them. This is how it works. We want to keep things in a little container. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I let go of that money or if I let go of this time. I, I don't know how that's going to work. How can I be concerned about my interests, and then start thinking about theirs. You get into a small group and start realizing needs. Somebody's got to move, and you'd really like to watch Monday Night Football. Oh, you know, it's the big, do they not realize?